Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, stories of inspiring achievements and community contributions. I'm Josh Griffin from Awards Australia, a company that owns and operates award recognition programs right across Australia, together with corporate and not-for-profit partners, with the aim of showcasing those people that are making a difference. Every week, we'll celebrate the good news stories of some of our award program finalists, winners and nominees, to hear about their achievements and to share their stories. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know that Australia's future is in good hands. If you enjoy hearing these stories that are inspirational Australians, I encourage you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. This is a new podcast, so every rate, review and subscription really helps. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. And today... I'm chatting with Alexandra Wells, but uh, I'll call her Alex for this podcast. And uh, she's only 19. I might get this wrong. Maybe she's 20 now. 21. Sorry. <laughs> I'm 21 now. Yeah. Sorry. Going on old information, but that's fine. She's 21 <laughs> now. She was 19 when we first came across her as part of the <laughs> Queensland Young Achiever Awards. And uh, the reason we're speaking to Alex is because she established the Gold Coast Inclusive Sports Program for children with disabilities and additional needs. Now, she started that in 2016 at only 16 years old, and that's after a couple of years of planning and developing it. So at 14, she was doing this. Absolutely incredible. It started with 30 athletes and volunteers, 30 athletes and 30 volunteers. But since then, the program tripled in size, growing to 90 athletes and 100 volunteers. And I'm sure it's growing even since then. So we'll talk about the program with Alex a bit further. Um, and interestingly, this is, I still can't believe you had time for this, Alex. You were juggling your uni and studies and starting this club. This is why we're so excited to chat to you today. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So can you tell us like what a 14-year-old kid is <laughs> thinking when uh, they're undertaking this huge kind of effort? Um. Well, to be fair, looking back on it now, I um, didn't really realise what the impact was or what was kind of happening. It was kind of, um, I guess, the conversations um, that I was having with the program. I um, will give you a bit of background on why it all came about. So I really wanted to be a sports journalist. Um, that's what I wanted to do. And I started a YouTube channel where I interviewed lots of athletes and um, clubs and did lots of, I had my own website. So I used to write articles and I had a lot of fun with it. And one day I was invited down to the Musgrave football club, which is down in um, Southport on the Gold Coast. And I was invited to one of their days where they have their inclusive football program, their inclusive soccer team. And I got to do a big uh, feature article and video on their program and I came back home and I did a lot of research and realized that there was only uh, one program up on the north side of Brisbane and then there was a few down on the Gold Coast I think maybe two or three so there really wasn't 
that many inclusive sports programs. And I got chatting with my school principal and she was kind of like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So it kind of started from there. And my mom and dad, they were like, I remember my mom picked me up from school one day and she was like, oh, by the way, you have a meeting with, you know, the local counselor about this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, so we kind of jumped into it. And at the time I didn't really realize how big it was going to be or how much effect it would have on people because I guess I growing up in sport I used to play a sport so much as a kid I always thought that everybody uh, could access sport and everybody could play sport and it wasn't until we started doing that research and realized that not everybody has that opportunity and yeah so at the time it wasn't really like oh my gosh this is like crazy what's happening what am I doing next it kind of just really um I don't know, I guess it just kind of happened. And then looking Mm. back on it now, I kind of realize how big it was, uh, you know, starting that in the steps and yeah, things like that. Yeah. I suppose it was just one step at a time, wasn't it? But then the the important thing is those steps were followed by another big step and another big step. Cause I think sometimes the difference there is some people have, Oh, it's a good idea. We should try that. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, you, then you're actually talking to your principal, to a counselor and then making things happen. So that's, that's really cool, Alex, that at that age you were doing it and you were motivated and it sounds like you were surrounded by people who were really back to your vision as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, my mum especially just, you know, to be able to get to, for her to pick me up from school and be like, hey, I've organised like you to speak with this politician or do this, like you need to quickly think about it and it wasn't ever like I was put on the spot or felt um you know, not really ready for these meetings or anything, because I think with like my parents and my school support, um, it was a lot easier, I guess, um, to go into those meetings and um, feel heard, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I love that you had your own like sports journalist channel on YouTube and stuff, because I really loved that as a kid as well, thinking that would be a cool career for me. Yeah, yeah. But again, the difference between us, I just did nothing. And you actually started the YouTube channel. That's awesome. (laughs) thank you so what was your favorite sport kind of uh, to cover or to write about or whatever to growing up um definitely NRL um I think I grew up my dad is a massive I come from a big NRL family so my dad is a massive West Tigers supporter and I'm a West Tigers supporter my younger brother used to play and um, I'm now doing an internship with the Gold Coast Titans so okay it's all um yeah I just love rugby league and I think one of the most exciting things about rugby league is that it is the greatest game of all, but it is becoming the greatest game for all and making sure that um, it is accessible and inclusive for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to quickly mention is uh, that also um, track a chord with me, what you said about, you know, as a kid or even as an adult, if we're just kind of sucking our own um, line of sight, sometimes you don't realize, Oh yeah. Some people don't have access to play that sport that we love and take for granted. Um, yeah. So you would have so many stories of, of people now that you're helping to play that. Is that, it must be a truly rewarding. Thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, um, growing up, I played lots of different sports, both in and out of school. And I know that a lot of people that I speak to who are able-bodied, they do have that opportunity to play sport in and out of school. And it's something that, we see as a right, I guess we see that we at school, we had athletics carnivals, we had cross country, like 
swimming carnivals. We got to play inter-school sport and it's just such a, I guess, like a nothing thing for us because we had access to it. We never had to worry about trying to get down to the school oval or how we would get down there or how we could, um, you know, use or play athletics and um, swim at the swimming carnival unassisted, things like that. So we never had to worry about that sort of stuff. We never had to worry about uh, am I able to play this sport with a support worker with me? Am I able to even just be able to um, understand or if will the coaches be able to use Auslan or will there be um, things that will help with my visual impairment, things like that? We don't have to think about that as able-bodied people. So I guess growing up, you never think of that side of things. And it wasn't until um, I went to the Musgrave Football Club and kind of saw and learnt from these families about how they're having the opportunity for the first time ever to play sport was so mind-blowing to me. And now at the at the Gold Coast Inclusive Sports Program, listening to parents who tell me that, <coughs> sorry, listening to parents that tell me that their children now for the first time get to play sport with their younger or older brother because at the program, it's not just for people with disabilities, anybody and everybody can play. So if there is someone in the family who has a disability who wants to come along, their siblings can come along with them. So their parents are like, this is the first time that they've been able to go to a sports club and play basketball or soccer together. Um, this is the first time that they've even been included in a sports team. The first time ever that they've been able to access something like this. And I guess as well, something with our program is a lot of sports do cost a lot of money, uh, probably about $300, $400 a season with your uniforms, the equipment, um, insurance, things like that. And we try and keep our prices really low because we know that a lot of people with disabilities do have to pay a lot of money to access things anyway. So it could be like equipment that they need or um, paying support workers and things like that. So we try and keep the prices really low so that people can access it. People can uh, be involved with the program in that sense as well. So, yeah. So how do you keep those prices kind of lower? We're really fortunate that we have amazing sponsors. Um, So our sponsors, they uh, help us pay for all of our trophies, our jerseys, sporting equipment. Um, We're very fortunate. The high school that I went to, Lords, they currently are the um, venue for the um, program. So we can use that free of charge. We can go and use like their basketball courts or their indoor um, sports center and the oval, things like that. A lot of their sporting equipment as well. So we're really fortunate for that because that is such a large cost. Yeah, that's great. And as you said, that means you can keep the cost low. So look, we may as well give the sponsors a shout out. Who, who are some of the sponsors that are helping you? There's Lords, obviously. That's great. Yeah. So we have Lords. We have LJ Hooker Ormo. Uh, we have Benigo Bank Ormo. Zarafa's Coffee Ormo. Um, we have Fire Apparel and Heart of Juno Designs. I think that's it. They're amazing. They all, you know, a lot of sponsors as well. Um, could just say like, hey, here's our donation for the season, see you later. Um, But they're so involved. They're coming down to the program each week. They're learning about all of our athletes. They're making changes in their workplaces to make it more accessible for people. And I think that is so fantastic because it would have been really easy for them to be like, hey, we want our free advertising. Here's your donation. But 
they're being involved, they're coming down, they're seeing what it's like and it's, you know, they've been on since the very start of the program, which is really exciting. So, yeah. That's awesome. I'm a big advocate for sponsorship as a really great way for companies, whether it's small businesses or bigger companies, to do exactly what you said, not just make a little donation and then off you go. We'll put a certificate on our wall. But, yeah, to make actually a partnership and then that's, bringing change to the way they do things. It's helping other people in their community. So I love that. It sounds absolutely great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So can you tell me how um, in the intro, I mentioned that it started with 30 athletes Mm -hmm. and volunteers. Even that's a really good starting number. How did you get 30 (laughs) to start off with? So it started from word of mouth and we had 30 people and it was really crazy because on the very first open day that we had, we actually had people come and travel from Roma and Lismore to the program. So they were traveling hundreds of kilometers to come to the program. So it was really mind blowing that just through word of mouth that we've reached all of these areas already. Yeah, that's really, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, after our, we held two open days um, just to kind of get a grasp on how many people would want to attend and sign up. And by the end of that year, we were already getting so many people contacting us saying, we want to be involved next year. We want to be involved next year. And it really grew to the point that we never, in the second and third year, we never had to go and advertise it anywhere because people were coming into the program, attending, seeing what it was like, and then going out into their communities and telling people about it. And it got to a point where there were so many people coming on that we actually had to cut off how many people could attend just because we want to do something really well um, with the amount of volunteers and things that we have and we didn't want to grow too fast. So we had to cut it off um, for a year, I think, just because there were too many people. That must have been a hard decision to make to have to cut it off, but it sounds like it was important to make sure that the people who could take part could do so, you know, safely and get the most out of it and actually, yeah, be able to enjoy it properly. Yeah, exactly. So it was really important to us that we had the right amount of volunteers to help our athletes because it would have been great to have a whole heap of athletes come along and be involved because we do want to give people the opportunity to play sport. But we also want to do that safely. We want to do it um right and we want it to have the best outcomes for our athletes so that they're reaching their goals but yeah yeah and I'm sure it would be quite I mean I shouldn't assume is it hard to find volunteers we are really fortunate because we because we run out of a school a lot of our volunteers are school-based kids so from years 7 to 12 um, which is really exciting Um, It is hard sometimes, especially going into like exam season. We have a lot of university students as well. So going into like the later weeks of semester, it is really hard to get volunteers there. Um, But I've always said that it is once you come along to one session and volunteer, they're more likely to come back. It's just getting volunteers to that first session because people... I guess going into it might be a bit scared. They don't really know what it's going to be like. Um, volunteering and then they go and attend one session and realize what it's like and then they're bringing their friends back and coming back in the sessions after that so it is um, hard I guess 
to get volunteers there in the first place. But once they're there that in that first session, it's a lot easier to retain volunteers. I mean, that's great that you've got so many kids from Lords and, and university and stuff who are volunteering. It's fantastic. And speaking of coming to the end of the year, um, when does the the program run to? Is that kind of wrapping up now, or? Um, so we only unfortunately have ten sessions a year. So we run it in terms two and three of the school year, fortnightly. Next year we're expanding that. We're hoping to go up to twenty sessions. Um, so the reason we only did ten, uh, I guess, kind of similar to why we cut off our intake a few years ago, is that. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were meeting the community's needs and making sure that we were doing it right. Um, so we were only doing 10 sessions a year. And we've soon realised that a lot of our families are really wanting more sessions a year. So next year going into 2021, touch wood, no COVID restrictions next year either, that we will be able to expand to more sessions a year because it is really important that because sport is such a great um, thing for the body and your mental health. So being able to ac- not only just access that, but be able to access sports regularly is really important. So we're really excited to be expanding that in the next year. Cool. And can you tell us what a session looks like? So do you cover, you know, as a rugby league fanatic yourself, you it like, this is just rugby league or are you doing all sorts of sports or how's it look? So I think the really exciting thing about the Gold Coast Inclusive Sports Program is that we play numerous different sports. Our main goal going into it is that we are training the fine and gross motor skills. So we know that uh, for me, uh, growing up in sports, as a young girl, the fine and gross motor skills, I was taught that from a very young age and being able-bodied, I was able to be taught that as a very at a very young age and go into sports. But for a lot of people with disabilities, those kind of basic skills that we learn in sport aren't really taught outside of therapy. So we go into a session, um, we have four different teams. We have a minis team, a juniors team, a seniors team, and a tiny tots team. So we start at the age of two and we go up to 18 years old. Our athletes will arrive at a session. We kind of split up into the teams um, and we all train separately at different times as well. So for me, I coach the junior team and we go into a session, we do a warm up. Um, we'll go into those fine and gross motor skills. So that could look like throwing and catching bean bags, tennis balls, hopscotch, skipping ropes, things like that. Um, then we'll have a fruit break, which our wonderful sponsors um, with their donations, we can um, have like oranges and watermelon and things like that. So the kids can have a bit of a break in between. And then we go on into a bigger game of sport. So we might go into learning then the skills of basketball. And at the end of the session, we'll play a game of basketball, or we might learn the skills of touch footy. And then we go and play a game of touch footy. So every session is really different, which is really exciting because then the kids and the volunteers get to learn all these different skills, how different games are played. And then hopefully our athletes can then learn that skill and say, hey, I really love playing rugby league or hey, I really love playing cricket. And they can go on and hopefully find a cricket club that have an inclusive team and then they can go and play cricket specifically but it's about opening those skill sets in the fine and gross motor skills and seeing and having access to you know these sports and seeing what it's like before yeah hopefully going on yeah that's awesome and 
is uh, how does it work? We've got people from all different, you know, abilities and um, levels of ability or, or whatever like that. Yeah. Is that then where the volunteers come into play because they're able to modify and, and assist as needed? Yeah. So we're really fortunate with the volunteers. Um, we do have a, well, we try to have a one-on-one volunteer to athlete ratio. Um, so basically the volunteers then can uh, look at their athlete, see how they're doing with the game or the skill that they're training at and they can modify it. So um, if there's someone with a physical disability, they can modify it to help them achieve their goals and get through it. Um, and then the same with, we know we have kids who um, have autism or ADHD and they might just get there and, or they might have anxiety and they get there and they're like, no, I don't want to play basketball today. This is, I'm out. And our volunteers are able to go, Hey, that's so fine. What would you like to play today? And if it could just be sitting down, throwing and catching a ball for the whole two hours that they're there. And our volunteers will sit down and do that with them because that's what they want to do. And they're still learning. They're still playing sports. So that our volunteers are able to modify it for our athletes, which is really good as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, It sounds like a good approach just to coaching in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've worked with kids um, from a very young age. So I was about the same time I started the program, I was teaching um, dance. I was a dance teacher. And, um, yeah, I think I learned a lot of stuff from the program and volunteering in the program that I've been able to apply to you know, my work and working with children. So I think it's a really great uh, program, not just for our athletes, but for our volunteers as well to learn skills about coaching and leadership and volunteering and being able to go into their careers and apply those skills. Mm. I've always thought that sport is such an integral part of community. It brings people together from different walks of life. Um, And as you said before, teach things like leadership, which, and you touched on this earlier too, sometimes that's not really taught or learned in other areas, but sport, it naturally lends itself to teaching that. So how do you kind of incorporate things like that teamwork and leadership? Is it just through the different um, sports that you're learning? Yeah, definitely. So it's through the different um, sports that we're learning. The volunteers, I guess, before we go into a season, we always have a volunteer training session but there's no better way to I guess learn that than being there and learning it hands-on and doing it Um, because it's very easy to be or to listen to someone be like this is what you need or this is what you have to do and that's how you'll use it but it's until you get there and you actually do it and you are able to experience it that you learn best I think so yeah and you mentioned before about athletes finding a sport they love and then you know, maybe going out to a club. So has that happened? Yeah, yeah. So we've actually, we had an athlete um, who came to our program and he had really high anxiety. Um, And he, when he first started the program, he didn't want to be involved in, I guess, um, any of the activities we were doing. He didn't want to be involved in um, playing sports or anything like that. He spent two years in the program and by the end he was helping us volunteer Um, with our other athletes which was awesome and then he didn't come back the next year and we were like oh no what what's happening like what's going on Um, and we contacted his family and his mom said that he ended up joining the local rugby league team because he then had the confidence to go out and play and be involved in the team and which was really really exciting so 
yeah, it's always a nice, happy story. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, the volunteers, from what you're describing to me, it sounds like they must get as many lessons and, you know, enjoyment out of it as the athletes do. Yeah, absolutely. And the really exciting thing with our volunteers is the majority of them are high school age students. So it is really great that they're firstly giving up their Saturday afternoon to come and volunteer. I think that is amazing in itself. Um, They are learning what it's like to, um, I guess, make things accessible and what it's and learning from our athletes what it's like to have a disability and how we as able-bodied people can help and can help give them the microphone and I guess stand up and you know have a seat at the table I guess um so it's teaching our volunteers that what the importance of inclusive not inclusivity not just in sport but outside in workplaces at school um, at the shopping center things like that so I think it's really great that our volunteers are so young they're learning it so young so that as they grow and move into their careers or go into university things like that they're able to you know take these lessons with them that they've learned off of our athletes yeah for sure and now you mentioned COVID earlier um I did want to ask you that must have thrown a Saturday in the works this year for your program. What, yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us out what, what it was affected and, you know, were you able to kind of um, come up with another way to, to go about it? Yeah. So it was a really funny year for everyone. Um, and in the program, we went into, obviously we went into the nationwide lockdown. So the program wasn't able to start when we were supposed to. Um, and then because a lot of our athletes do, um, are probably more susceptible to COVID, um, we had to really go back to the drawing board and think about how we were going to go about it because community sports had restarted. Um, but our problem was with, because we run out of a school, we have to go by the school's insurance policy. So the school's insurance policy was that, um, parents weren't allowed on the school grounds Um, which makes it a lot harder for our program to run because we couldn't have the parents with them, Um, which the parents aren't involved in the program, but we always liked, well, they, a lot of parents are, but we didn't want to have to say to the parents, like, hey, you can't come and watch your kid um, play sports today because you have to stay in the car, you have to drop them and go. Um, We didn't think that was fair. So we ended up going back to the drawing board and, we decided to cut our um, sessions in half. So there were different starting times and finishing times, which, um, you know, minimise the amount of people on site. Um, All of our kids, we didn't want to, um, with our sporting equipment, we didn't have enough time to be, um, you know, swapping and sanitising the equipment and then quickly going to the next team. Um, So all of our kids were able to get their own bag of sporting equipment. So they had a whole bag with like bean bags, tennis balls, soccer balls, um, basketballs, everything that they needed for their session was in the bag. Um, And then unfortunately, right after we had our first session back um, with our new fancy little sports kits, Um, Another COVID outbreak happened in Queensland and we had to um, postpone. And then we started doing some online sessions, which was really exciting. So a lot of the kids who were at home, they got to take their sports kit home and they were able to join in online with their sports kit. So we were all in our backyards, um, 
playing sports through Zoom. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. lucky you uh, arranged for everyone to get their own kit. That's actually pretty fortuitous. Yeah, yeah, it was really lucky. So, and I know a lot of the kids are loving it. We get so many like messages and photos and videos of the kids playing with their kit um, out like with their neighbours in the street and things like that. So it's really nice that they um, are not using it just for inclusive, but they're able to use it at home with their friends as well. Yeah, well, I suppose the timing was lucky, but the planning was excellent, Alex, to uh, to get them their own stuff. That was good thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So they've so now they're doing their um, sessions in their backyard and um, or wherever they can yep. online. And did you find that most people were able to participate that way? Um, it was definitely a lot harder, and compared to being in person, the numbers definitely dropped. Um, but a lot of people were able to. Um, join in and play and it's good because we had a lot of volunteers as well so we're able to do the breakout room so the volunteers could focus on hey I've got two athletes in this breakout room what can assessing the situation what can we do um, all together with our sports kit so I guess it's the same as being in person being able to assess the situation and say hey how can I modify this activity to suit my athletes best and I'm sure that would have been a hectic Zoom call with so many panels. <laughs> very hectic. Very hectic as well with like the basketball bouncing and lots of kids like laughing and everyone talking over each other. But we did get there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. Um, yeah. So and then you were able to restart as the year wore on or was that um, had to be put on hold and, and aiming for next year? Yeah, unfortunately, it did have to be put on hold, um, but we are aiming for next year and we are aiming for an expansion in the program as well, which is really exciting. So, um, like I said before, going from the 10 sessions a year up to 20. Um, and then we're also looking at incorporating um, different workshops as well with our kids. So, with sport comes things like healthy eating and mental well being. So, we're looking at doing workshops on like um, what it's like to eat healthy and what the Im- impact and benefits of it are or a workshop on mental well-being. So, um, yeah, we're really excited for that and really excited to incorporate different aspects of healthy living in the program. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, this sounds like it's such a success. Is there any thoughts in your mind about, you know, taking this beyond the Gold Coast or, uh, or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I... Um, had a meeting last week actually with our local um, cricket club, the Ormo Alberton Hurricanes, and they're looking at starting an inclusive team um, either next year or the year after, which is super exciting. And I guess the dream, the dream career for me, I have a journalism degree now. I've only just graduated, so I want to really incorporate that community development and the communications all into one. Um, So my dream career would be to be able to go and start these programs or um, give educational tools to different sporting teams so that they're able to start an inclusive team. So going to the local AFL club or the local rugby league club and saying, hey, here is the best way to start an inclusive team. This is what you need. This is how you start it. And for them being able to make sure that everybody in their community is included and has access to that sport. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. And I suppose, you know, in my head, I was thinking, oh, so you, you'd take more of these inclusive programs, but um, the clubs themselves have all their facilities. They have everything in place for that sport. And so that makes sense to just get them ready to, yeah. to welcome more people. 
exactly. I would love to start more programs um, in other places other than the Gold Coast. It is definitely a goal, but I think that, you know, telling or teaching people the importance of being inclusive and um, making sure that their workplaces or their sporting clubs are inclusive is just so, so important. Um, It's, it, it doesn't matter how many inclusive programs there are on the Gold Coast or will be made in a suburb if people aren't actioning that in their own personal lives or in their sporting clubs or in their workplaces because there is such a need in the community for inclusive sports and inclusivity that it doesn't matter how many programs we cannot cater for everybody. So for everybody to be able to learn the importance of it and be able to take uh, that on and incorporate that into their lives makes a better society for everyone, especially people with disabilities. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Everyone deserves the the right and the choice just to have the choice. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Um, so you said you finished university and now we know what your dream career would be. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I was you've kind of preempted one of my questions because I had written down basically ask Alex how is she going to you know, she's finished university, you're a 21-year-old young person. I was going to ask her, you plan to continue this? Obviously, you've got that ambition. But uh, I guess aside from, you know, Gold Coast uh, Inclusive Sports Program, what is kind of next for you, Alex? Um, I just was offered a job here on the Gold Coast with Kids Therapy Club, which is really exciting. So I'm looking at doing, um, I think the role is called the Community and Communications Liaison Officer. Um, which is really exciting. So that's kind of like the next immediate steps, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, But I guess five-year, 10-year plan, um, like I said before, just making sure that uh, or creating these educational tools to make sure that people um, offer inclusive sports um, and making sure that people have that choice and, you know, can access inclusive sports. So, yeah. That's awesome. And for a rookie rugby league person, I've known nothing about this sport. <laughs> Tell me why. I love that you said at the start, it's the greatest, the greatest game of all. And then that was a good follow-up. Uh, and you want it to be the game for all something? Yeah. Yep. So the, good... Gold, the Gold Coast Titans, um, where I'm currently interning, so maybe a bit biased, but I think the Gold Coast should be so proud of the Gold Coast Titans and their club because the community work that they're doing, first of all, is amazing. They have a physical disability and an intellectual disability rugby league team. I'm pretty sure they offer up to 13 different modified games of rugby league to make sure that everybody can access it. Um, And that quote of being the greatest game of all um, and for all is from Dennis Watt, the chairman of the Titans. And um, the team there are just absolutely amazing what they're doing for people with disabilities and making sure that not only they have access to rugby league, um, but, you know, in the community, making sure that they have access to lots of different things is amazing. So I think rugby league, especially the Gold Coast Titans, are just doing amazing things in their line of work um, and should be highly commended for that. Yeah, that's cool. And that's um, going to give a little plug to one of our awards at the moment. We have, a, not in all of our programs, but it's one that I love and I, I've kind of been trying to, get this category out there more, but it's a sport in the community award. It's as we've been talking about this, it's just, you know, I love sport like you 
And it is such a powerful tool for making change in the community. So for anyone out there who uh, is involved with sports clubs, who are, who are doing great things, like what you're talking about, what the Gold Coast Titans are doing, what your inclusive sports program is doing, then um, yeah, please let us know. You can email info at awardsaustralia.com and uh, we'll make sure you get nominated because it's, that's what we love doing is sharing stories like yours, Alex. It's so inspiring to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's been great listening to the other, all the other podcast episodes and listening to yeah that weekly dose of inspiration. It's awesome. Thank you. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask if you had a message, you know, for anyone out there who's listening, um, chance for you to kind of share something. Um, I guess that two things, um, that you're never too young to make a change in the world. I think that is really important because looking back on it now, I realize how, how nervous I was speaking to adults about a program like this and trying to get adults to listen to me. And I was very fortunate that I was, I had so many supportive people behind me who helped me and, you know, gave me that microphone, I guess, to speak about that. But just letting people know that they can make that change and that um, you're, you aren't too young and you don't have to be like, I always thought you have to be like a grown up to do that grown up in quotation marks. But yeah, you definitely don't have to be an adult or anything like that to make a change. And I think the second most important one is just to, in your daily life, just think about ways you can make things more accessible. Um, if it's on your Instagram, I've recently like started doing image descriptions so that people with visual impairments, if they have a screen reader, um, they know what the image or picture is that you've just posted or captions on your videos or is your workplace accessible? Are there ramps? Are there lifts? Are there, you know, bathrooms that are accessible and things like that? So just having that thought once or twice a day thinking, you know, is what I'm doing right now accessible? Is it inclusive? Can everybody access it or use it? I think is really important. Yeah, that's great. So practical with that Instagram tip, is that, um, as simple as just in the caption, writing the description, or is it a, a tool? Yeah, yeah. So just in the caption, you just write like whatever you want to go with the photo and then right down below, just write in brackets, image description. It could just be something like there's a girl in the photo. She's slightly towards the right. She has blonde hair. She's smiling. She has She's dressed in a graduation cap and gown. And then that's it. And that's the way, that way someone who might use a screen reader who follows you or that account can go through and it'll read the whole thing and they know what the image is and what the description is that goes with it. Yeah, brilliant. Great idea. That's awesome. Thank you. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is for people who are inspired by this and, you know, they're in the Gold Coast area, they want to get involved. How could they, you know, maybe inquire about volunteering? The best way to get in uh, touch with us is to shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram. We're called the Gold Coast Inclusive Sports Program. And um, yeah, we'll be able to get in contact and figure out the best way to volunteer is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't wait to, I'll be following those uh, those pages and to see what 2021 brings. And um, hopefully, as you said, you know, but I think we're all touching wood at this point. Uh, <laughs> has there ever been more pressure on a year to be good than mm. uh, 2021? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that the program is, is all going, um, can go ahead, can increase uh, in sessions. And, yeah, that'll be absolutely brilliant to follow, Alex. Thanks for being part of this. Thank you um, so much for having me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. It's great to chat with you, Alex. Thank you. You too. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview. 
If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.